Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. It is a good day. It's a Thursday. That means we get to check in with our friends at Lutheran Senior Services. And thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, their great support of Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Check them out in the sponsor section at kfuo.org. In studio with me this Thursday morning, Anne-Marie Wallace from Lutheran Senior Services, lssliving.org. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Andy. How are you today? I am doing well. It is a nice, beautiful day here in St. Louis. I know around other parts of the world, not such a beautiful day and uh, a lot of uh, severe weather affecting many in uh, in the southern and southeastern United States and the Caribbean. I know lots of listeners are probably in the middle of, of some rainfall or some preparation of lots of rainfall. And that's one of the reasons why we're here today is to talk about how you, how your family, and how you can help prepare yourselves for these emergency situations so that, you know, if ever a hurricane, a flood, a earthquake comes up, that you and your family are prepared. And especially we find this to be really helpful for older adults um, as well, because a lot, um, some older adults have mobility issues and things of that nature. So when it comes to these disasters, these natural disasters, how can we prepare and, and help our loved ones so that we can all be safe? So we've got some great resources and tips. And of course, we also have our Facebook live audience with us as well. Facebook.com slash Lutheran Senior Services. So if you go there right now and you're listening, you'll actually be able to see Andy and I right here in studio. It's kind of your behind the scenes look as to what happens on the radio. But we also have some great visuals as well that you might want to check out. So Facebook.com slash Lutheran Senior Services. And you'll see our video right there. And we wave to our Facebook Live audience. So glad you all could join us. It's so fun to be on video. <laughs> you get to see Anne-Marie. It's probably better to see Anne-Marie than me. Thanks so much for joining us on uh, Facebook Live, folks. Facebook.com slash Lutheran Senior Services. Preparedness, uh, emergency preparedness for older adults. What, and this really applies to all of us, whether we're older adults or not. But we have some specific tips, uh, some tips that are, are specific to older adults, things that, that we might need to give more consideration um, in our older years. Exactly. No, and these tips, like I said, are applicable amongst many occasions, um, maybe some natural disasters or things that may just crop up where you need to have an emergency kit ready to go. Um, so these are going to be some great resources. I encourage you, if you're able to, um, to take some notes to jot down. We will be having some resources that we can share with you later that you can go back and download. Um, but these are great tips. And of course, um, in all our research, there's a lot of great resources out there as well. So I'll be pointing you all in some in those directions but it does it does behoove us all to be prepared um just in case something might happen it's time to be a boy scout exactly be well prepared. i was a girl scout but yes you know we can all be prepared so the things that we need to consider let's start off with uh communication quite often many of us are are rely on you know, our phones and, and electronic devices, phones or computer, um, maybe even TV. Mm -hmm. um, but in an emergency situation, some of those may not necessarily be available if, uh, if power is out or if phone lines are jammed. I know in my communication with many people in Texas over the last two weeks, uh, the last week, or last two weeks with the, uh, the hurricane there, phone lines were jammed the, and it was hard mm -hmm. to communicate with, uh, with some of the folks that we were trying to get their story on what was happening with Hurricane Harvey there because all circuits were busy. So, mm -hmm. 
Exactly. So kind of the first tip we have is is knowing beforehand maybe some of those resources so that you, you know, in case there is power is down and you can't go to the TV and, and maybe your phone is dead so you can't look it up on the internet. Um, but really the number one tr- uh, the number one tip to start off with is how to get your information. So first off, that means that when disasters are happening, do you know where your nearest shelter is? Um, so that could be a big thing there, especially with floods, especially with hurricanes. Where some safe places that you can go to. And so redcross.org, they have a lot of great resources there as well. It may be on your city's own um, website. So if you live in the city of St. Louis or Chesterfield, which is a suburb, you can go straight to those web pages. And a lot of the times they'll have emergency information of, hey, if something is happening, we've designated these areas as safe places. So know where the safe place is. All right. Very mm-hmm. good. So if you have that information beforehand, that's always good to start out with. And then, of course, there's a few things as well. So if you have a NOAA weather radio, and NOAA stands for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So they have um, special weather radio stations, and you can tune that to your local emergency station. And that's another way that you can monitor if you know, outside of TV and radio, if you still have power and things like that. There's also apps that you can download as well. So the FEMA app is a pretty good one as well. And that will receive weather alerts from the National Weather Service. And that'll kind of filter through that app as well. But it's just kind of the first part is really knowing where are your resources. Mm-hmm. So how can you how can you prepare yourselves and know where you can get information so that when you actually need it, it's at your fingertips. 2,000 bonus points to you for knowing what NOAA stands for. I had to, um, I had <laughs> you to did look your it up. I did have to look it up because I had no idea. I actually did a poll of the office and I was like, does anyone before I Google it, I will give you 2,000 bonus points, but we all had to Google it. The key here is with a radio like that, whether it's a NOAA weather radio or or, or you know an AM FM radio is that you have um, that you maintain fresh batteries in it mm-hmm. that you check those uh, frequently like at least uh, what every year making sure that it has fresh batteries in it so that uh, you have that communication you have those updates in the middle of an emergency which reminds me gonna make a note to check the batteries check the batteries exactly and there's actually some really good radios out there um, that are actually made for disaster. So the Red Cross has one and it's both solar powered, it's hand crank, or you can use batteries. So it's mm-hmm. got, you know, there's other ones out there as well. I'm sure with a quick Google or Amazon search, you could come across one, but we had a hand crank one going mm-hmm. up. And that way, you know, even if we lost power, even if we didn't have any fresh batteries because someone forgot, you know, we could still receive notifications that way and know what was going on. So making sure that your house, your home is equipped with one of those is always a great place to start. We have one that uh, one of the weather radios that has the alert function on it so that it stays silent until there's an alert. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once the alert goes off, you know, here in the Midwest, tornadoes are a, a big issue. So we have it set to let us know when there's a tornado warning, either in our area or in the uh, the county just uh, just west of us because mm-hmm. if a tornado comes through that it generally would head our direction as well and so it you can designate um, specifically what alerts you want it to uh, to let you know which has been very helpful so that uh, we don't have alerts going off all the time every time there's a heat wave or something like that. Exactly. No, those are great resources as well. And for most of this emergency preparedness, one of the things is there's a comfort in having a plan and knowing where to get your information from. So that way, when an emergency does happen, you at least have a starting point there. So it's a great place to start. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. All right. So the communication, having that weather radio handy with 
good batteries in it and checking it. You know, put it on your calendar to to check it every year, or just every time that you're checking your smoke cha- detectors, your, the batteries mm-hmm. in your smoke detector, changing those, you might want to change the the batteries in your weather radio as well. Perfect. You mentioned the FEMA app earlier and and other apps that might be helpful mm-hmm. for an emergency. Um, keep those. You don't necessarily have to keep them on the front screen uh, on your phone, but but keep them installed so that uh, you don't have to use a lot of data or you know trying to install them very quickly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when the time comes, just having them stored in. You know, in, on you your could phone. put them on a folder, kind of on the last page of, mm-hmm. of all your applications. There, label it emergency. You know, so that way, when it comes time, and if you do need it, they're all right there. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we know some of the things how do we what else do we do to prepare for an emergency so the next part really is making that plan so we know where we're getting all our information from so that we know hey there is an emergency coming and we do need to put our plan into place Um, but really it's setting time aside now to put that plan there so that like i said it brings comfort in knowing hey everyone has been alerted we know kind of this is what we're going to be doing as we move forward so the first thing is to create a support network of family of friends and others who can assist you during an emergency this is especially true for our older adults especially maybe even those who have mobility issues um, is to kind of know, hey, if I need something, who are my neighbors? Who's my family? Who's my friends? Um, so that they know, hey, if there's a flood, I'm going to need help evacuating. So it's identifying those people and then it's sharing your disaster plan with them. So, you know, hey, there's there's a hurricane coming and I'm going to need to be evacuated if, you know, and this would be setting it up beforehand, you know, if that ever is the case, can I ride with you to the shelter? You know, can you come pick me up if that's safe, mm-hmm. you know, for you to do so? Um, and so it's letting people know around you what your disaster plan is. And think about, you know, if you were living in Florida, but you had relatives in Ohio, they would want to know that you had a plan, that you were safe, that, okay, if something happens, I'm going to be going with my neighbor. We will be going here. Think about how much comfort that could bring not only to yourself, but to maybe some loved ones who are far away. So include personal communication with loved ones in your plan. Mm -hmm. So you know who to communicate and and how to get a message to them. Uh, And as we mentioned earlier, sometimes phone lines might be tied up. So what are some alternate ways you can get a message to loved ones if an emergency happens? Exactly. And so that could be, um, first off, you know, leaving a key. So whoever's your emergency person, that they would have a key to get into your house if need be. And then it's also maybe sharing their phone number, their contact information with, you know, loved ones that are far away so that there's kind of multiple ways that you could get in touch with someone just to make sure that people were safe. In uh, we had a, a story from a congregation in Texas, pastor at uh, Pastor Salmonin at Epiphany Lutheran Church in Pearland, Texas, shared with us one of the older members of his congregation, a, an older a widow, um, was in her home and not anticipating that the no one really anticipated the water was going to get that high, and mm-hmm. she discovered that water was coming into her home. She uh, she texted pastor and uh, he put out on social media that uh, you know she needed help getting out of her home. Would anyone be able to? help within 15 minutes or less, or no, within a couple of minutes, uh, 15 people probably in the congregation said, we're within the area, we can come and mm-hmm. help her. And so a gentleman with his kayak oh, went to her home, her? put her in the kayak, and then walked probably about a mile through waist deep water to to get her 
to safety and then she was able to go stay at her, her I believe it was her daughter's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just that process of, you know, she texted her pastor knowing that phone lines may be full. She was able to text him and get that message to him. And then he was able to use social media to find someone to, to help her. And I think that's been, so these past few weeks have been so tragic, um, seeing all the news coverage that's about it. But on the other hand, I think there've been some really great stories about that where we as a community come together and how, you know, we take care of each other in situations like this. And so, especially if you're an older adult and you live by yourself, I mean, there are people around you who love you, who would be more than happy to help you, your neighbors, your home congregation, your pastor, things of that nature. But especially during times like this, that's when we all need to come together. And I think we've seen some great examples of that um, throughout Hurricane Harvey. Mm -hmm. Even maybe uh, including in your plan, uh, a a couple of people who would intentionally check in on you Mm -hmm. when they know an emergency is happening. Exactly. Just, you know, that's another quick way that we can all make sure that we're safe. And on top of that, if you regularly receive maybe some medication or you go through treatments administered by a clinic or a hospital, it's also a great idea to include that as a part of your plan. So if that happens, you know, and you can't get to the hospital, what's their plan? You know, how can you work with your doctor to make sure that you get the needed medication, that you get the needed treatments during that time? Or where should you go if Say, for instance, that hospital is closed. Is there another one that can offer a similar treatment that's further away or at a different area? Um, But that's a great question just to bring up to ask and have that information because you would need that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Have a plan. Um, Other steps to include in, in your plan for emergency preparedness. So another step would be to think about your pets or your service animals. Mm. So I've talked about my dog, Bo, a little bit on our show here because I love him greatly. If there is a disaster and I am able to go home and get him or bring him anywhere, like he is so coming with me, I would not leave him behind because he's a family member for us. Um, but think about your pets and your service dogs. So um, bringing food along for them, if they are able to come with you, if they have their tag, their their medication if they have that as well. That's really important to think about. Um, there's shelters, some of them allow pets and others don't. So that's a great thing to check into as well is to figure out, hey, if I know a natural disaster is coming, can I send my pet to a friend, to a relative so that they'll be safe as well? So just think mm-hmm. of all your family members and maybe even some of your four-legged ones as well. The furry ones. The furry ones. <laughs> but Bo is coming with me. I'd like strap him to my back if I needed to. He's six pounds, but I would do it because I would not. Bo's got to come with me. And that is worth in, in investing some time and energy into preparing a kit for them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, with some uh, enough food to get them through a couple of days, mm-hmm. things like that to include in a, an emergency preparedness kit for your pet. Exactly. So, and then on top of that, it's making sure that if you have a wheelchair, a walker, a cane, any sort of equipment that your bags, you know, that they're all labeled. So they have your name, your phone number, um, your address. So that way your supplies, the things that you need are kind of connected to you and have your name on them as well. And the thing that we probably overlook when it comes to planning for an emergency is all that essential information, all those documents that are needed um, for a variety of purposes. 
Exactly. So think about the fact is if there's an emergency, if there's a flood, if there's a fire, those documents that you might store in your house. Now, if you have a, a fireproof, waterproof safe, that's one thing. Um, but if you don't, those documents might be scattered all over. And those are the ones that you're going to need to kind of help rebuild your life afterwards. And so this next part, especially, I think is, is really valuable and important. It's your vital document checklist. And so... I've got a few things here um, that I would definitely encourage you to make sure that you have together in one spot um, to make sure that you have copies and that they're maybe stored in a weatherproof bag. Even even a large Ziploc bag will work in this regard. Um, and it's kind of your emergency stash in there. But here are some documents um, to have easily accessible so that you can get it quickly in the event you need to evacuate in a hurry. So first off, you need personal identification like your passport, your driver's license, or your voter ID card. So all of those things you would want to make sure that you take with you because obviously they they identify you as, as to who you are. On top of that, your personal medication records. So that would be your immunization records, your medical records. Um, so that way, if you do need help and you're not going to maybe your regular doctor, you're, you're going somewhere else, that you have a record of that. And that way people know, hey, they're allergic to this drug or these are the treatments that they've had in the past. Um, that's really important to bring with you as well. On top of that, your social security card, your health insurance cards, um, financial records like your recent tax returns, bank statements, retirement accounts, credit card numbers, and records of any stock or bonds. That may sound like a lot right there, but think about it in terms of this is information that's maybe not readily available on hand and that you would need. So, you know, later as you're, as you're restarting or rebuilding, you would have, you know, kind of the funds that you need to either get through the emergency or to start the rebuilding process. And having that all together and all in one place is going to make it so much easier. Those are, are certainly, yeah, it's not, it seems kind of odd at first when you say, oh, tax returns, but that information is going to be necessary for a number of steps you may be taking for assistance in the future as mm-hmm. well in rebuilding after a disaster. Exactly. And having them all together, all in one place, easily accessible. That way, when people start asking, you know, you start applying, you know, hey, I need some federal grants to maybe start rebuilding. You've got all that information mm-hmm. there and it's not soggy or it didn't run down the river it's not just gone or disappeared because then think about all the hassle it would be Mm -hmm. to try to go back to each one of those individual places and try to get another copy of it so it's thinking on the forefront to make sure that you have what you need and i'm sure there are ways to store those electronically look into how you might store them perhaps you can store them electronically and securely as Mm -hmm. well that's that's something that's that's important to consider when storing something electronically is it going to be secure as well when it comes to a lot of these records that are financial records or include uh, social security information things like that exactly yeah there's places where you can you can store files and then you can encrypt them as well so that you know only you with a password that probably has many numbers and many letters and symbols and it would be able to access it. But that's a great way if you are like, oh man, having all this paper in one place, you know, that sounds really daunting. A lot of these things are found electronically. Your bank statements, you can sign up to to view them online and to, to access them that way. There's a lot of ways that you can do that as well. So that way your information kind of stays with you. Remembering the password is key. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's normally my hardest part there. So then on top of that, there's just some general information that we probably only pull out once in a while. So that would be like the deed to your house, your family records like wills, birth, marriage, divorce, adoption, child custody, and death certificates. I mean, these are things that we maybe only touch once in a while, but eventually down the road, you do need them. And how can you make sure that they stay secure, that you have a copy of them? Um, those are things to just have on file as well. And then in there is a great place to put those important numbers of family members, of friends, um, doctors, insurers, anyone who kind of needs to know who you are. You could keep basically a, a big phone tree of here's all the numbers that I would need um, were you know there to be an emergency. We would it would be all in one place. I mentioned remembering passwords. Yes, <laughs> the, I have. I have so many passwords I can't remember. I I, I can't even count how okay, many so passwords you, I have to have. Do you keep a cheat sheet? I, I don't. You don't keep a cheat sheet. How do you remember them? Um, I well, I have a method. A method. See, and some people do. They have you know a way that they can help remember passwords. The other thing is I. I know that some people advise against doing this, but some people do print out a cheat sheet of this is my, the username, this is the password. Maybe another great thing is creating one like file and then securing that with a password. So you really only have to remember one. And then once you open that file, all your passwords and usernames would be listed there as well. Um, but that's a way to make sure that all your accounts, if you, especially if you do things electronically, you know, your, your trading, your, your portfolio, your forum, 1k 403b all those things um, if those are electronically online that's a it's a great thing to have on hand so that you can access them so some way to access your passwords um, so you have a record of those somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then on top of that I remember this actually happening when I was younger um, so Andy it might be very hard for you to imagine but I was a slightly dramatic child. <laughs> Yes, please laugh away. Um, who love to put on shows and things of that nature. And so I actually, I remember one time my dad had a video camera and was walking around the house and I like thought he was doing and I wanted to be on the video. And he was like, no, Emery, I'm documenting all the stuff within our house. I'm just walking around with a video camera so that we would have a record of, you know, our all the things that we had. So if we needed to claim things later, there would be a visual record of what's in there. So it wasn't the Anne-Marie show. It was not the Anne-Marie show. That probably came later in the day. (laughs) But yes. So those are great documents there. I'm actually going to put that list on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash Lutheran Senior Services. Make sure that you check it out there. It's going to be a great list that has all these things that we've just mentioned. And now I know we're, man, time is running quickly today, but I want to go through a basic emergency kit, really. I've got a box here. It's weatherproof. So it's just one of your plastic ones, but if you can get a weatherproof bag as well, that would be great. We're going to open it up because another good thing to have with you is an emergency kit. To have, first off, a gallon of water, to have there. It's recommended that you have a gallon of water per person per day stored aside there. On top of that, we also have some canned goods. Now it's important with this to make sure you have a can opener or the can is a self opener itself with one of those tabs. But you want to have some kind of non-perishable items there. On top of that, we were talking about the radio. See, we have one from the Red Cross here to make sure Mm -hmm. that you have one. It's either hand crank, um, it's got a flashlight on it, but make sure you have one of these. That'll be really beneficial. And then you don't want to forget your flashlight. That would be really important. In case with the, fresh batteries. With fresh batteries, exactly. On top of that, you would want some kind of poncho. 
maybe a first aid kit, um, things so in case there was an accident, you'd have access to some basic medical equipment there. On top of that, we have a pair of socks here. A spare change of clothes would be really good to have as well. And in researching, actually, people said one of the best things to make sure you have is a pair of socks because then your feet aren't wet, especially if we're in flooding conditions like that. Go with gray socks. They'll go with anything. Exactly. They'll match. Um, you want to have those vital critical documents like we have in a plastic bag here. Make sure those are going in the box. And then on top of that, what's also good to have is your medication. So make sure that goes in the box as well as some hygiene. So your toothbrush, um, toothpaste, things of that nature, and a whistle. So that way, you know, if they're calling for help, um, you can make sure to alert, you know, hey, I'm over here and I need some help. And then lastly, you're going to want to make sure that you have a blanket, something to keep warm in case it's cold. So this is a basic kit. You can Sometimes you can even buy them all put together. You can find a bunch of them online. Um, so I would suggest checking there. But all these things you can find within your house as well. And it's just kind of putting them together so that we um, can be ready. Easy open canned goods or have a can opener. Otherwise, it's back to Gilligan's Island. I know. <laughs> With a rock. We have uh, just about a, under a minute left. Other things, anything else to consider in our emergency preparedness? You know, like I said, the biggest thing is to think about it beforehand. If you have a plan, that's the first step in being prepared. So start with going to our website uh, or to Facebook, facebook.com slash Lutheran Senior Services to get that vital documents checklist. Um, and then start doing just a little bit of research because you research and you prepare on the forefront and it really helps out in when you need it. I need to put it on the calendar to actually put together this kit. That's what I need to do. There we go. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for coming over today and helping us think through how to prepare for an emergency, especially with winter right around the corner. We need to also be ready for winter storms, things like that. These are all great things, that uh, great tips that we can use. And you're going to post this list on? Facebook.com slash Lutheran Senior Services. Very good. Well, pleasure to talk with you today. I know uh, we'll be talking again in just about two weeks and some fun stuff coming up in October. Exactly. Can't wait. Coming up in just a little bit share some stories from our friends in Texas as they uh, recover from Hurricane Harvey and what lies ahead. You're listening to the Messenger of Good News, Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.